This is the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast, where we are meeting every week to discuss living from a position of power, living with boldness, living with confidence. This is the practical podcast where we are walking out God's principles and promises to see the best manifested for our lives. You are the CEO of your life. You have the God-given power and authority to live a purpose-driven, successful life. We are live on the Throne Room Thoughts podcast. We are doing a four-week, actually, I think it's five weeks. Is it five weeks, babe? Because it's every Monday in July, right? We're doing doing a five-week summer series where we talk about money and matrimony family and finances and we are live from the throne room thoughts facebook page me and my partner in crime introduce yourself honey hey what's going on (laughs) everyone knows mr perth philip by now but we're here together on the throne room thoughts podcast because i like to do things with my husband so we are coming together for um, all the Mondays in July, every Monday at 2 o'clock, we're going to be live from the Throne Room Thoughts Facebook page, and we are going to be talking about money and matrimony and how it all ties in together. So why do you feel like, babe, this is um, an important discussion for us to have? Um, I mean, I think you've done some research and, and look at the stats with, um, in terms of you know marriage and money, and that's always an issue that comes up in relationships. It's not the only issue, but... Certainly, it's one that happens, you know, often enough for people to bring attention to it. Yeah. Um, So. And interestingly enough, one would think, or at least I know I thought, before I actually did the research and looked at the numbers, I was always under the assumption that um, things like lack of trust, infidelity, I always thought that these were the um, leading factors that, that caused divorce. But in looking at the numbers... Actually, lack of financial compatibility is one of the leading causes mm. of divorce, which is which also in and of itself was interesting because it's not lack of finances. It's not that that um, married people are struggling financially or that they can't make ends meet, um, but it is the lack of financial compatibility, meaning the um, the disconnect and how money should actually be managed in the household. Um, yeah, so it's. It, I found it interesting that it was the lack of um, financial compatibility that actually caused that. Yeah, that makes sense because um, people just feel a lot of different ways about money and spending it <laughs> and how it should be spent. And so it's like, uh, uh, and there's no right or wrong way. There's just different ways of doing it. Yeah. And certainly it has to do with your direction in life and it has to do with what goals you have and if you have any, <laughs> certainly. Um, and, you know, if those things aren't synced up, it's going to be hard to find someone who's going to be ready to really, uh, you know, rock with you on that level. So it's like, so let's start going through our <laughs> list of talking points. Oh, uh, talking points. Why? What's that what it's called? Why would you say that? I don't know. It's yeah, a, I but see. that's not cool. Uh-huh. Talking points. Oh, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to look like we just had this stuff. Yes, it's supposed Flowing to be an organic. Yes, oh, that's okay, exactly what it's supposed to look I'll like. I'll be trying to see the paper it's then with the bullet points. It's supposed to look like talking points. <laughs> um, so interesting information that I discovered. Um, an American Express survey said that only 43% of the general population 
talked about money before marriage. So 43% of the people that are married in the general population actually talked about money before they were married. Only 51% of couples discussed how they would manage money before they got married. Why do you think, babe, something that's so important is, um, is being lost on, on married couples? Only 43% talk about it before marriage? Yeah, talked about money before marriage, and only 51% talked about how they would manage money. So they might have talked about money, they might have discussed something, but they didn't discuss how they were going to manage it. Like, what, what bills are we going to pay? Or mm. How much do you have in your savings? Or that kind of stuff. I think money, I think money is the last, the last, uh, the last, like, tower, the last thing you can hold on to in a relationship. <laughs> I think it's like you give up your time, um, give up your body, and, like, money is just that last thing that you can hold on to because you have your own account. It's locked up. No one has access to it. So it's like I, it, it makes sense that people would get to that last or not at all because it's like it's their last, you know. It's like even uh, for people who believe in, in God, it's like the Bible says, you know, where your money, where your heart is, is where your, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. where your treasure is. So it's like for some people, that's like they work hard and so it's like, listen, you can mess with my time and even my heart, but you're not, you're not messing with my account. Because yeah. if it doesn't work out, we need to be able to move on and do yeah, things. Yeah, and go so uh, yeah. So that make that makes sense to me. It's a, it's it's a staggering uh, percent difference, but uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. The other thing about it is too. I think there's people probably feel some uncomfortability, and of course, as people come in to the. Um, to the Facebook Live, you can give your input and um, talk about your experience with this particular thing. But I think the other aspect of it is, too, that people have their own orientation with money, right? You were raised how you were raised. I was raised how I was raised. You were raised seeing how your family hand money. And I may have been raised in a completely different way. So maybe I'm comfortable talking about those kind of things. Maybe you're not. Maybe it's a taboo subject in your household. So it's like people get into a union with each other and they have no idea how to discuss um, something that's so super important and so crucial to the survival of the marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think about um, bringing up? Things like credit score and credit report and that kind of stuff in the beginning of the relationship. Like, when should you be talking about, like, yo, what's your credit score? Um, share your credit report with me or or at least, let you know, share your credit score with me or whatever. Um, Guys, as you come in, make sure you share the video. Share, share, share. Sharing is caring. This is week one of money and matrimony. We are talking about finances and marriage and relationships and all that good stuff. So babe, how how um how soon should you talk about that? Um that's 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 a tough question. How soon should you talk about your credit report? I mean, people don't really um again, when you meet someone, you meet their facade, you meet their representative. You don't meet the real person on that first date, that first week, that first month. So it's like it's hard to with, with that being said, how do you how do you go from a place of not meeting the real me to then meeting like the most the most sensitive side of me, which how much I make and how much yeah. I'm worth is like you know yeah. it's, it's um, I think it's all about it's all about direction. It's like if you're if you're honestly not in a place where you're looking to settle down and, and really build something with someone, mm -hmm. then that's fine. Like you don't have to really you know divulge that. Divulge yeah, that's true. That, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because that makes perfect sense. Like if you're seeing someone 
you're dating someone and you're not necessarily serious or it's not necessarily going to go to that place of mm-hmm. marriage and commitment and lifetime commitment, then you don't want to necessarily be like, oh, and by the way, this is what my credit is. And by the way, I paid these bills late back in the days. And now it's <laughs> messing up my-. you're not going to be comfortable enough to divulge that kind of information. But yet at the same time, apparently, if you look at the data, married people are not comfortable divulging that information either, even. So it's like when is a if you're if you're courting or you're dating, when is a good time to be like asking that kind of question of someone or having that kind of discussion? Like we had that discussion pretty like early. Um, yeah, but we weren't 100 percent about every single thing pretty early on, too. You know, you, you leave some specifics out because, I mean, at, at, at the heart of it, it's like you're not you're not sure if this person is. The Hi, person. Jonathan. I'm not sure. Hey. Hi, Marlon. How are you guys? How soon is too soon to talk about your credit and to talk about your finances with, with somebody that you're dating? Let us know, guys. What do you guys think? I love to know what guys think about stuff because women are willing to do that stuff off the top, probably. Yeah, we have different. We have different. Yeah. Different. So, yeah. We, but we were, as we were saying, we were, um, um, we talked about that kind of stuff um, pretty early. Yeah. So, I, I, I think it's, again, it's about what, what you're looking for. And um, I think that'll help to really let you know how far you're going, you know, in terms of, of, of being honest about those things. But, I mean, you can say what you want. I mean, are you going to tell someone my score is, you know, 650, 700? It's like, what does that even really mean? No, you don't tell. You show and prove. I Actually, mean, I wanted to title this first week, show uh, and prove. Actually, show yeah. and prove. But no, you obviously, babe, everybody got a credit card, a credit karma app mm-hmm. on their phone nowadays. Come on uh, now. Everybody got a, got a mint app, credit card. And if you don't, not to say that I'm pushing one app over the other or anything mm-hmm. like that, but if you don't, then you definitely want to get on it. You you may not want to divulge it to somebody else, but you need to be, more importantly, you need to be very well-versed and very well-oriented with what your financial status looks like and what your credit looks like and what the implications of those things are. Even if you don't want to share it with another person, you need to come to grips with that for yourself at the same time. Until you could come to grips with what that looks like for you, you're not going to be comfortable enough to share with anybody anyhow. So if you don't have any of those kinds of financial management um, things and those things that can give you a little snapshot and overview, then you definitely might want to hop on that so that you are aware. Hi, Lois. How are you, honey? We are talking money and finances. Marlon said he met uh, Cassandra with about 43 cents in bank. <laughs> out of college. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, and you know what? Not for, did she know that you had forty three cents in the bank? As he said, she knew it, and we joke. He said they joke about it all the time. And how did she? How did she? At, I'm, I'm sure it's a joke now. You guys are a nice, beautiful, married couple for a minute. Um, how did she react react to it back then, Marlon? Like back then, when that was your reality, how did she? How did she act with with that information? He said with 43 cents in the bank, he is not playing. He said, I'm going to be honest today. Uh, but I think we, as we were talking about this before again, and when it comes to relationships, men and women have different priorities in, in, this, in the very start of a relationship. And it's usually somewhere along the, the after a while, they become more instinct. And that's not all the time. That's a very, I know, a very general statement. But you'll find more times women are the ones who are going to be more like, listen, what you got going on? Like let's just yeah. let's just see what's going on from the start. Yeah, guys, you're not but really the thing, the you're not really so it, concerned about like your credit. What score. did Marlon say? She was cool. Yeah, he said she was cool. I was living with my living mom. with mom. Listen, <laughs> but it I out. was living with my mom. You know, and that's the thing. Like men get away with stuff that, and as a female, 
we feel like we couldn't get away with having 43 cents in a bank and living with our mother and being cool with that. We feel like we couldn't get away with being like, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling right now and I got to and I'm staying with my mom. But I hope that you'll be OK with being in this relationship. Like, I don't know if females get the message. I don't And I don't know if maybe it's a societal thing or whatever, but I don't think females get the message that it's OK to be in that place and still be pursuing a relationship. Like, it's yeah. an I think it's an interesting dynamic where you could get a guy who says, yo, I'm struggling right now. I'm living, I mean, I'm in between spots. I'm living with my mom, but this is where I see myself and I want to be with you. Um, what's up? And you'll get a woman to be like, yes, I love you. And he's honest and he's open with me. We're going to ride this out together. I, I see his potential. A man is not going to look at a woman and be like, you know what? I see your potential. And I'm going to ride this because way we with don't, you. We don't, we don't need the same things, you know, that, that, that sense of security. And that sense of, okay, how, how is this going to get done? That's, that's not something that men yes, yeah. worry about in the first part. Like, yeah. that's, that's not our, our focus you yeah. know, in the beginning. So that's why, it's, that's why. So I have to say which point you have that conversation. It really depends on what that couple is, like, what they I think you do. should have that conversation on the first date. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's necessary. Why not? Um, for the same reason you may not give out your phone number or your full address on the first date. The same reason you may not even give out your social media um, connections Babe, everyone gives day. out this. So some people I mean, introduce themselves with their social media. People have multiple too. They got the one for uh, strangers and one for <laughs> family and friends. But listen, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think that's necessary. I think there's a, there's a lot to you can talk about before you. I think it's important, certainly. What? Right. And so I, when I, do you have the conversation? I think it's really on you. Like if you know, because if you're enough, if you're a financial mess. And you know that you'll be, you'll be bringing your mess into this relationship. But if you're in a, in a relationship and it's just like a summer thing, you just know in your heart or in your head, it's like I'm not taking it to the, you know, the, yeah. the final place. It's like. Right. And hopefully, so assuming, hopefully, you, hopefully you've told the other person that so they don't, they're not expecting something Hello, somebody. Right? Because hello, that's a whole other, somebody. A whole other problem. Exactly. Let's see what Lois says. Lois says, when I met my husband, we both had nothing, but I knew I wanted us to build a life together. Okay. And, and, and you certainly have, honey. Donna says, once you get serious, then it's time for the discussion. Yeah. Right. So, so right. I'm glad she said that. So what I was going to say is, so then it depends on what your intention is off the top. If you're pursuing, and men know this, men know. No, we if don't know. You know, if you're pursuing somebody with the intention of being serious, you know that, babe. And if you're pursuing somebody to have a good time and to hang out and see where it goes, you know that too. So if you meet a woman and you and and you get to know this person and you say this is the this is somebody I want to settle down with this is somebody I want to pursue then I feel like that's an important that's a good time to start having those kinds of conversations. It doesn't have to directly go to well let me can I see a credit report before we before we go on a fourth date. But I think those types of conversations are mm -hmm. conversations that you can start having. Uh, Lloyd says she wasn't concerned about his finances. Maybe it was. For not having knowledge of the importance of finances right. at the time, too. So I think so, too. I think so, too, Lois. I think it's exactly that. I think that because it is such a finances and, and, and money and your credit and your bank account are such private information that we're made to believe is taboo. And so you don't really ask people about that because it's rude or you don't ask people about that because you look nosy or you look shady. But in reality, they, the implications of being financially connected in a marriage to the wrong person are so condemning that if you don't get in front of that kind of stuff, then you end up on the, then you're more likely to end up on the losing end of that kind of a scenario. So it's like, just like the data says, if only 43% of people 
43% of married people are having the conversation about the money. It's like, those numbers are bad numbers, considering the fact that one of the leading causes of divorce is the, the lack of financial compatibility, you know? Um, Donna says, I, I was thinking on this level, um, comes with age. Yeah. Yeah, it comes with age Absolutely. and experience. After, yes. you've, after you've been through some stuff and you realize, like, yo, a lot of things matter besides, you know, how cute she is or yeah. how fine he looks in that in, in his yeah. Tim's. It's like you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta learn some things and be through some things, then you'll realize like, oh wow. Yeah. Um, you know, so oftentimes people get this stuff a little later on in the game. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, after you've been through some things or after you've been in jeopardy of losing some things, then you're like, wait a minute, I didn't really think this all the way through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting because I have several friends who've um, recently purchased home, um, purchased homes in the last year. A couple of girlfriends who recent, recently purchased homes with their significant others, and when they have told me about the process, just the process of of collecting all your information, combining everything, and 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 my my girlfriend who just bought a house um, out of state was telling me that they took her credit score, they took her husband's credit score, and combined it and averaged it. And I thought to myself, well, dang. So then when you when you're, you know, buying a house with somebody, even the even something like that matters because what happens if their credit score is not as good as yours and they're averaging it, then they have the ability to pull you down. They have the, the ability to pull your score down. And so it was like even something as small as that was um was interesting. I like had no idea. I thought they just were like, Oh, your credit score is this and yours is this and let's find something in between. But it was more like they took them, they combined them and they averaged it. So it's interesting to see. And this is somebody she's been with for like 12 years. She's been with this guy a long time. So um, it was interesting to see that that's the approach that people take when it comes to um, home ownership. Hi, Pastor Brown. How are you? Make sure you guys share the video and give us your wonderful input, especially you married folks. This is a conversation about marriage and family and finances and all of those important things. Yep, 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 yep. Floyd <laughs> says joint situations can mess you up. <laughs> they certainly can. Yeah, <laughs> they can. I think, I think, I think when it comes to money too, the the big part about that is there, there's so many parts. Jonathan's just listening. <laughs> He's like, we got nothing to add. Like, yeah. <laughs> thank you, John Jonathan. I thank you. Just I thank you. So, soak up whatever you can. <laughs> there's just so many parts to um to the puzzle. Like when it comes to the finances, like you can say what you want, but there's also like. Um, Banking, banking institutions, and you have the credit bureaus. You have so many different um, entities set up mm -hmm. to manage your finances and, and report on your finances. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why people can't be honest about it is because sometimes they don't even know themselves. Right. They're not right. even doing the homework and having the apps and having the things set up. They don't have financial advisors and people telling them, hey, uh, maybe you shouldn't do that vacation at this point. Right. You shouldn't, you know, yeah. get the lease again. Like these mm -hmm. life decisions that we make so quickly, it's like, you know, people don't have those things in place. And I think a lot of this ignorance, not so much arrogance, why they're not as open as they should be when it comes to their finances. So yeah. that's another way to look at it. Yeah. Um, Pastor Brown says, it's quite admirable of you. Both of you have this discussion on this topic. It's great. <laughs> oh, I'm great. It's the birthday, right? Thanks, Pastor Brown. Okay. Yes, it is. Happy birthday, Pastor Brown. Birthday. Today is like, your birthday. Which is like 30, 37? Ow. Happy 37 birthday, Pastor Brown. A budding 37. <laughs> Happy birthday, Pastor Brown. Enjoy. Um, yeah, I think exactly what you said is, um, is a big part of it too, babe, that people just genuinely don't know. Mm -hmm. And honestly, people don't, people don't even realize the extent to which they don't know. 
Because sometimes you think you know, or you think you have like a vague idea or that you may be somewhere in the vicinity of understanding it. And then you dive in and start to really do the work and you realize how much you just didn't know. Mm -hmm. So it's like people, there's a, I think there's a, there's a group of people who don't know and a group of people who don't even realize how much they don't know on the topic. I agree. Yeah. So it does become challenging to be open and honest about some, about with someone else if you haven't been able to understand it for yourself. So it's super important to, um, I always say this, it's important to start with self. It is super important to start with self and to, and to, um, to take the time. It does take time. It takes time to understand how um, finances work. And it takes time to build the, the principles into yourself that are necessary for you to be able to have financial success. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, a, it's not necessarily a numbers game. And it's not necessarily like how much head knowledge you can, you can obtain on the matter. I think it's more about managing your behavior. Like if you can manage your behavior, if you could have the right um, perspective in terms of where your priorities are, what's important and how you can do the things today that later on you could kick your feet up and be like, yo, I'm really glad I did that five years ago. I'm, I'm glad I did that 10 years ago. If we can shift our thinking to that kind of stuff, then it makes everything else I feel um, much easier. And then the, and the, on the other side too is the whole accountability factor where yeah. it's like you just don't want someone else telling you about those parts of your life. Yeah. You're not trying to have somebody, some Oman tell you how you, you know you need to spend your money when you get really? paid. Uh, you know, I think that's a part of it, especially from a guy's standpoint. I mean, that's just how we are. We, you know, we we have that pride. And the the thing too, I mean, I went to my graduation yesterday, and you look you look at the graduates, and it's like a, it's it's a hugely skewed towards like um, females. Always. You know, cum laude, yeah, Agna, cum laude, summa, and then like they're just a, a lot, mm -hmm. like probably 70 to 30. So it's like women are doing their things. Mm -hmm. They're getting up there, they're working hard, they understand how society has, you know, set up stuff to kind of, you know, yeah. uh, minimalize them. And so they're working, they're doing what they got to do. And so you find nowadays it's like a shift, you know, where they're more the ones to be like, listen, we got to do this, we got to do it this way. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, beat up my man. I'm just saying, I'm just like, it's just it's what you see. It's just, <laughs> it's just true. It's just out there. Yeah. And so the, on, the, on, the account, on, the, on the accountability side is you have um, guys who sometimes aren't doing as well as their females are. And so they have to have that conversation. It's yeah. like, how are you telling me what to do? And it's like, you know, it, it just comes, it's a pride thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more, a lot more than just, you know, yeah. what we need to do for our finances. So it's, it's very involved. It's not so simple. So I think people need to just to think about practical ways to help them to bridge those gaps. Yeah. Things and practical, are yeah, practical ways to bridge those gaps and practical ways to, um, to be to explore that for themselves. Get oriented with it. Get comfortable with it. And then you're, you'll be more comfortable having the discussion about it, I think. I like, like how I'm in the sun. It looks like I'm, I'm just glowing over here. I Stay focused. <laughs> Stay focused, yo. You're not glowing. Is, look, I'm just, Stay focused. You are the last dragon. All right. Um, I knew you were going. Let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> um, so, so yes, honey. Okay. So back to my original question. Oh, wait. Oh, I guess we sort of did answer that question because we, mm -hmm. we just, in terms of how soon you talk about that, we know that it depends, right, on where you're taking things and your level of understanding of certain things um, for yourself. What do you think about um, about educating your children about um, finances and these different kind of things? Uh, that's that's absolutely huge. That's that's humongous. I mean, I 
Um, after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, that was like such an eye opener to me. Yeah. Um, seeing this 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 kid who grew up um, with pretty much two dads, and his real dad was just a great hardworking guy. You know, had the good job, um, great benefits, but he died poor, and he died uh, leaving them in debt. And his rich dad was a, a friend, um, a father of his one of his closest friends who had his own business from young and built um, massive wealth. And so he had, um, he grew up in this like kind of like duality of like, you know, one, one dad is like, hey, you know how to do it. And that's, and that's what most of us had, yeah. which is not bad. Hey, go to college, get a good job, get good benefits, get your 401, yep. you're set for life. And yep. then on the other end, it's like, nah, that's a nine to five cycle trap. Mm-hmm. Some people look at that stuff as like a, it's like death to them. It's like, no way am I going to be that person. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to learn that from a young age. And because of that, he could make decisions. And now he's extremely successful. Yeah. And so I think it's, in, it's very important to teach our kids about money. I mean, once I read that book, I started having conversations with Jay about assets yeah. and um, investing and having apps where we're investing now. And just having, just trying to make him think a little different. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everything can be VC for NBA 2K or Fortnite. Dollars, yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> you can use that money from now for small things. And now he's the app and he sees stocks and he's like, Oh, we, we have 30, 13 cents, yeah, that came from nowhere. It's like that's what an investment is like, you're creating money, yeah, and there's nothing Your more powerful working so for like, yeah. you and not you work for it, exactly. And that's yeah. that's the difference. So, um, yeah. yeah, talk to your kids, man. There are a lot of resources out there, there are a lot of books, yeah. Um, and a lot of the you know what I realized online mm-hmm. when I was looking for a book yesterday, um, that a lot of those adult books have kid versions too. Like yeah. they have the seven, um, seven habits of highly effective people. And then they have the teen version of that, for mm-hmm. example, or like the five love languages and then the teen version. So a lot of those books that we read and those New York Times bestseller, you know, acclaimed books come in um, kitty versions as well mm-hmm. to make it um, better catered toward the youth. So there's definitely there's definitely room to to put the kids on. And there's there's no excuses. Not in these days. We're living. Everything yeah. is accessible. It's, it's out there. Mm-hmm. You got to look. Yeah, yeah, the knowledge, the knowledge is certainly there in a, in a way now that it wasn't before. Hi, Cuzzo, how are you? How you doing, Rayon? Welcome, guys. We are in week one of matrimony and money, or is it money and matrimony? I can't even keep up, yo. We are in week one of money and matrimony. We are spending, we're dedicating every Monday in July to going live on Facebook at 2 o'clock and also recording the Throne Room Thoughts podcast, my husband and I, and we are talking about money and matrimony. How does marriage and finances tie into one another? Why is it even important? And how do we incorporate that all across the family? We are um, extremely interested in learning about this thing called generational wealth and building wealth, building a long-lasting legacy and leaving something for our loved ones and our children beyond like debt and beyond, you know, the struggle, you know? So that's where we're at with it right now. Um, And so we are having this discussion every week for the month of July and inviting you guys to join us and give us your insight, give us your, um, your opinion, your experience and what you might've encountered in this very important topic. We know that um, through different research that um, other nationalities these are very common, um, common discussions. You know, they have very different kinds of discussions than what we have when it comes to finances, when it comes to investing and all these different kinds of things. It's like a whole different world um, that once you get into that world, you begin to understand that in order to function in that world, your outlook has to be different. It's consumer mentality that we have um, 
in our community and this idea that we have to get everything we possibly can get our hands on right right now like that 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 idea that we can't delay um, gratification and we can't put things off and tell ourselves no those things have to absolutely change for us in order to look at building wealth and look at having actual um, long lasting wealth so we are talking about all of those different kind of stuff what say you Perth Phillip uh, we can start talking about um, some ways how families can begin to have these conversations or, yeah. you know begin to do things to um, change that cycle mm-hmm um, so wanna, I want to ask you, why do you think it is um, that families are, or couples are not having these conversations? Like, what do you think are some of the reasons why that's not happening? What can we do to, like, you know, to change that? Yeah. You're asking me? Oh, yeah, I'm asking you. The heck? I thought you were asking the general public. Uh, I'm asking you and the general public. Okay, baby. What are you that's asking? So I'm sorry. Repeat. <laughs> I, was, I was only partly listening. You said that some <laughs> communities don't have this issue like other communities. Why do yes. you think our communities struggle? Um, uh, with ah, yeah, yeah. That's such a multi-layered thing. Um, one of the reasons is just because, I, I mean, speaking from for me personally, I'm an immigrant, right? So I could speak for my my community, meaning the immigrant um, population. I'm Jamaican, where I, I was born in, you know, in Jamaica. My siblings were born here. Yeah, my, you were not born in Jamaica. You I were not born me. in Jamaica, but that's fine, sweetheart. Um, so is in in terms of why we don't necessarily speak about it in the in my immigrant community uh-huh. i think because when you are not when you're not from this country you have um a particular view and a particular perception of what it's like to live here from your you know from back home you see things on tv or you have loved ones who have already been in america and they they, they give you information and things like that. And so you have your own made up perception of what it means to live here. So when you get here, you hit the ground running and you do whatever it takes to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually maybe that surviving can even become thriving. But um, I don't know if the mindset ever changes from that, um, from that survival mindset. I recorded a video um, on my um, IG page a couple of weeks back. And I said that it was like, the same thing with um, with me and you, babe. Like a mm-hmm. light bulb went off. Like around you know December, January, we were just like, listen, we need to get in a different place financially. And thank God we were on the same page because again, that lack of financial compatibility is one of the leading causes of divorce. The fact that people cannot agree on what to do with money. Forget whether you have it or you don't, or how much of it you have. Mm-hmm. People can't even agree on what to do with it, what to how to manage it, where to spend it, what to you know what, what places to put it in. So thankfully, we agreed that we needed to approach money the same way and we started you know budgeting and starting to actually look at the credit report and 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 strategically bang out different debt and and knock things off of our credit report little by little but it was like a light bulb went off and I was like no I have to do something else I have to do something different because for me I wanted to eliminate all of those things that suck your money dry month after month after month. You're paying this bill and that bill and the minimum on that credit card. And by the time you paid a minimum on five or six credit cards, you done forked over four or five hundred dollars anyhow. And you're just like, wait, what? And And that's just interest. Exactly. Meanwhile, you didn't get dent in any of them. You're just keeping yourself afloat, which isn't a bad idea to start. You got to start somewhere and it's better to pay them on time, even if you have to just pay the minimum for a while. But you're not really making a dent in your debt over a long period of time when you do that. And so it was just feeling like a very stressful cycle. Um, And so that light bulb, as Donna said, that light bulb went off and we were both like something has changed. Something has to give. 
But um, it did require us to manage our behavior and hold each other accountable and hold ourselves accountable. Mm -hmm. Speak more on that, babe, about how our behavior had to change and what it took for us to be able to do that. What? Oh, yeah. So it's like uh, we... Um, it was it was very intentional um, and very systematic. Just just first of all, you you have to make the time for it. Right? You have to allocate time to sit down and get that done. It's not easy. We live, especially living in New York. You live or just living in today in general. Um, life is just busy, you know, between work and family and trying to have some fun. It's like it's hard to really block out that time. So the first thing we had to do was just to set time. Okay. And once a month, we sit down, we put all, all our numbers in, and we, we see where we stand and kind of work it out from there. I and mean, it's obviously also helpful that you're, you love your spreadsheets so very much. Anyone knows you me. You love your spreadsheets. spreadsheets. So that is very <laughs> helpful in terms of trying to look at everything and get everything done. Yeah. So, <laughs> but again, it's, it's um, yeah, so that's what we did. And we started to do that and started to spend more um, intentional um, and like, again, it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a constant thing because even the last two months fell off a little bit, mm-hmm. right? There's, there, there was a period where like, it. yeah, there was a period where like maybe three weeks passed and nothing touched the account. I'm like, mm-hmm. how come I ain't spend nothing? Uh-huh. It just felt weird. Like, should I be uh-huh, buying something? Uh-huh. I just want to buy something. Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's back into the cycle of it's, it's so it's 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 routine. But it's like you got to pay attention to it. You really, really have to pay attention to it. It doesn't have to. I think what. It, one of the things, too, is that for some people who are already in stress, they feel like doing this is going to just add to their stress. Mm. Like, I know my credit's bad, but now that I get alerts every day... <laughs> <laughs> Reminding me about my bad credit. Like, you know, I just, I just spent $10 <laughs> in my credit card. I lost two points. Like, that could also... Because even for me, sometimes I'm like, it went down. It went up. It went down. It's like, it's, it's, it's stressful. It really is. But um, it's like, I have, a, I have a goal set, and we have a goal in mind. And so we know why we are doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, just, it just, you know, it helps again that when two people are kind of on the same page yeah. and doing the right thing. So yeah. The Bible says, can two people walk together unless they agree on the direction? Yeah. To, yeah to um, so, yes, it's absolutely helpful that we agree on the direction. Totally, totally. Yeah. We've been, one of the things, and you, you could speak more about this, uh, we started following Dave, Dave Ramsey a lot in his method. So maybe you could tell the people about your thoughts on him and his approach to you? Um, so my thoughts are that um, I agree with his philosophy, and it obviously helps for me that he is a Christian and does have Christian um, decline, babe. It does. Um, I put it on Do Not Disturb, though, so I don't know how that's even coming through. I don't know, yeah. Um, it does um, help that um, he is a Christian and that he does have Christian philosophies in terms of um, lending, borrowing, tithing, giving, and all of these different kind of things. And so basically his philosophy works um, in sync with the debt snowball um, method. So you attack your debt, smallest to largest, and then you move on and you, you, you bang out your debt little by little. The reason why a lot of times, and especially for m- people like me, the reason why you get stuck in a rut or why you, um, you feel yourself stagnant in certain areas is because you get overwhelmed by the big picture. And so when I'm overwhelmed by something and I don't know where to begin and I can't navigate my way, I just do nothing. 
I like retreat and I do nothing and I leave it alone. So if I could start to systematically and strategically design a way for me to go from point A to point B, little by little, I'm more inclined to slowly but surely get it done. The debt snowball method works with this exact mentality that when you chip away at your debt little by little and you see the results little by little, you're more inclined to feel great about your small victories and it'll give you the momentum you need to keep going. A lot of times you, you may have a $5,000 credit card, you may have a $200 credit card, a $500 credit card and you're looking at the whole thing like where do I even begin with this you begin with the $200 credit card because when you pay that off which should be fairly simple to do you'll feel great enough to move on to that $500 credit card and then move on to that $1,000 and that $3,000 if that's the case and that's what applies to you so essentially that's his philosophy and then he has like seven baby steps again break them things down into bite-sized pieces he has like seven baby steps where um he helps to um, to get you into a place of financial stability and financial success. His whole thing, the other thing about it too, is debt free um, debt free living. So he his philosophy says that you shouldn't be borrowing anything. And again, it's in line with what Scripture says. Scripture says the borrower is a slave to the lender. So if you borrow from Uncle Sam to go to school, if you borrow from Capital One for your credit cards, if you borrow from GMC for your car, you name, you plug in whatever you could possibly be borrowing from and, and making a monthly payment on. The Bible says the borrower is a slave to the lender. And just coming from a person who had a car note for six years, it really, really felt like I was in bondage to that car note. $528 a month for six years felt like sheer water torture. And so... Um, I can certainly understand what scripture means when it says that. And so that's just a little general um, explanation of Dave Ramsey's philosophy. He does a financial peace university. And so um, financial peace university helps navigate you through these different um, seven baby steps to get you to a place of financial peace. Hello, somebody. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love Dave, Dave Ramsey's um, method. Um, so he has, uh Oh, Layla's crying. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, he definitely has a lot of uh, short b videos on, on, on YouTube um, that you can check out. And then certainly Robert Kiyosaki is someone who I've read, I've read like about four or five of his books already. Hi, Michelle. How are you, honey? Make sure you guys share the video as you come in. This week, one of money and matrimony. And but what's your position? Because I know Robert Kiyosaki is not necessarily a free type guy, babe. So what is your philosophy on the debt-free living and the borrowing nothing versus, okay, um, using, quote-unquote, good debt, bad debt, whatever? Yeah, I, th I think it has to do with where you are financially. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing in theory. It's like that, that just means that you're um, not using your money. So these guys who are millionaires, they borrow, they may go into debt to, to launch a business or to go into real estate. So mm -hmm. they borrow um, to put that money in and then they make money and so they never money never left their pocket, mm -hmm. and so that's so they're using debt in a in a good way and mm -hmm. to bring money back to themselves, and so that's how debt should be used. Yeah, as opposed to um, I have yeah, a, this credit card exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like the reason the reason why that's a bad the reason debt debt can only be used in a good way when it's in a um, an asset. Mm -hmm. If you use your debt to acquire an asset, which means your um, you purchase a rental property that's right, going to make you right, X right. amount of money over the course of five or ten years. After a while, that's that's an asset. It's that's putting money into your pocket, right? I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I look like, uh, like what's Denzel. <laughs> you better know, you know, right? So like, it's it's the same thing. So it's like it's, um, but we're not doing that. We're using debt into liability, mm -hmm. into depreciating, um, 
you know, things like, you know, cars and things that aren't going to bring us value. So that's why debt. And that's why Dave Ramsey's like, get out of debt. Yeah. Because he knows that most people don't most understand people how to use it. Most people are not going to buy an investment Exactly property. in that's the right the way. Exactly. Yeah. So when I don't think he's against to... it. He uses debt too. Yeah. You have to at that level. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in the million. You have, you have amazing relationships with banks and, um, and investor in, um, investing houses and venture yeah. capitalists. Like, you're, you're using debt. Yeah. But the average guy is not out here um, working on that level. Yeah. So that's why he's like, get out of debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once you do, when you open up and you increase your financial literacy, then it's like, oh, yeah. now I feel I can use this in a way to bring me. go on to that next me. phase. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Get out of debt. Get it so out of debt. my thoughts. Yeah, makes sense. And so let's, <laughs> talk, um, let's talk about this um, survey that you have, that you've been survey. sending out. Survey. Oh, let me attach it. Um, so, yeah, I've, uh, I have a survey on Three Monkey. It's called Financial Literacy. And what is financial literacy? What is going on here? It's your survey. Answer your own question. So, it's, it's, like, it's just like <laughs> if you can't read, right, you, they would say that you're illiterate or you're unable to comprehend the words and, and, and make sense of it. Uh, in the same token, if, if, if like you look at money and you're not sure how to use it, it can, it's a form of being like financially illiterate or mm-hmm. not knowing. So, financial literacy... Um, is how do you make money work for you? Because it's a tool. Um, right, and for most people, right, it's, right. it's a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, for most people, it's not a tool. It's just like, you know... Um, the end all. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? But it's, it's, really, it's just really just a tool that can be used if you use it the right way. And so um, they talk about financial illiter- um, literacy and also about your, increasing your financial IQ, right? Just how you're looking. And it's, it's a mental thing. It's just how you see it in your mind, mm-hmm. and how you see it in your mind changes how you look at it in, in your hands and mm-hmm. how you, what you do with it. And so mm-hmm. I did a survey just to, see what, just to put a feeler out there because I've been working uh, on a financial app and some things coming in the fall, and I'm just trying to see how people look at financial yeah. um, information. And it's, it's been very interesting to see the results of the survey so far. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say that they are fina- financial literate, but then when you look at the questions that tested their financial literacy... Um, people have savings, didn't have investments, right. um, didn't have um, long-term plans, didn't yeah. have an emergency fund. Yeah, life and insurance. So, exactly. And so all these things add to your literacy. It's yes. like your, it involves what you have today to enjoy today, but to set aside for mm-hmm. a better life tomorrow. And yeah. so that's the survey. I'm, I'm going to post a link on it um, in, a, in a little bit or now. Um, if you haven't taken the survey yet, just take it. It's anonymous. Um, and then, um, yeah, just let me know your thoughts on, and where you're at. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to kind of gauge where people are at and what people need in the community because the service I'm trying to provide is, is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And by service, are you referring to this app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one app is, you know, ready for development and some other stuff. We'll hear more about it. Yeah. Um, for now, it's just kind of just seeing what's out there in the market and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, as a business person, seeing uh, how people... What people thought so, and and you, you see, you see the sensitivity to to money too when you ask certain questions. Some people mm. are like, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not taking no survey." Mm-hmm. Um, we have this again. It's taboo. It's, it's, it's like the people big, are like, "How dare you ask me this question? How much do I do I save? That's not your business." It's a personal thing too, but it's also the whole big brother big brother concept. Like mm-hmm. someone's watching. Like mm-hmm. I'm not fitting to have the government watching my family. You know, some people are very like careful still about answering questions, and I, and I get that. If you are afraid of money, if, if people say investment and you're like, mm. or people say bank and it's like, oh, whoa, mm-hmm. I'm not putting, you know, if like if these things uh, fear to you, it's gonna, it's gonna naturally just by its own you're nature, repel that. it's gonna repel, it's gonna mm-hmm. stay away from you, 
right? It so sense. it's like you have to be open to learning and have to be open to like just seeing things a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's required in order for you to take your life to a place that it's not at and that you've never been. So if you've never been to this, the wherever you imagine yourself or envision yourself, if you've never been to this place, and if it's a place that is substantially different from mm-hmm. where you are, it's going to require substantially different mindset, behavior, perception, outlook. Everything will have to be moving. I always say when, when what you think, what you feel, how you act, what you say, when all of that begins to work in sync on any given subject, mm-hmm. when everything is working like a weld oil machine, the the world will back up your behavior. Everything will fall in place in a way that you're like, yo, this don't I can't even believe this is making this has happened to me right now. Because mm-hmm. everything is gonna start to fall in place. That energy that you're bringing and that power that you're bringing with everything coming together causes that to happen for you. I agree. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So I'm just pasting the uh, the link for the survey. The link. So you have if you haven't. Um, Taking the yet, you can just click on the link or copy paste it into your browser. It just takes a couple minutes. Um, yeah, two point three minutes. Yeah, it checks. Two point three minutes, baby. <laughs> two, 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 two. To begin to test your financial, yeah. um, your financial literacy, and that's all you need. It's like again, like Donna said, a light bulb goes off, and sometimes you take a you 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 think you are um, in a better place than you really are. Or you think that you know more than you really do. So then you're like, I'm financially literate. I know what money is. I, I've been working all my I life. It. I know I, I got, got money. I pay all my bills. I don't need nobody to give me nothing. I'm financially literate. And then it's like, oh, do you have life insurance? And you're like, wait, what? You mean beyond the life insurance my job gives? Oh, do you have, are you investing in your 401k? And you're like, 401k? Yeah, my job got a 401k. But are they matching it? Or are you are you investing any more than what they're investing? When 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 do you become fully vested to your 401k at your job? And and these kind of things, you know what I mean? Some jobs take three years, five years before you could even access that money. Um, so these kind of things start to come up and you're like, wait, maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. And so taking the survey is a great opportunity for you to know that even if it's just you and even if you start to take that information and make little changes for yourself, for your life, for your children, then it's totally worth it. 2.3 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. I didn't die. Yeah, now I'm probably at 10%. So, guys, we're about to wrap it up. We love you guys. Woo! We thank you guys oh, for um, joining in our conversation, for giving us your candid answers, and for sharing your experiences with us. We will be back next week, Monday, at 2 p.m. sharp with week two of Money and Matrimony. So join our discussion. Tell a friend to tell a friend um, to join us, and feel free to share our video. Who? We're not coming back Thursday night, babe. What are you talking about? Money after dark. Money after dark. <laughs> Money in the credit store. (laughs) 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 We're talking about money after dark. Where's your Um, money at? Where is your money? I don't think they can hear us with these voice. I mean, is it sounds good money, in here, but they're not hearing it. Is your money in your pocket? <laughs> 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 nah, we'll be back um, next Monday, and we will continue week two of our discussion. We are on every Monday at 2 p.m. Facebook Live from the um, Throne Room Thoughts page, and we're also recording the Throne Room Thoughts podcast. So this yep. information will be available actually uh, today's Monday later on this week this will be available on the podcast so if you didn't get to catch us you can catch the replays on the podcast and listen as many times as your little heart desires 
Jonathan, money after dark. <laughs> money oh, that, after dark. That would be his only comment <laughs> the whole time. It's like money after dark. He didn't say anything for an hour. Jonathan coming and do a he'll he'll come in and do a money after dark show. Oh, I know. He'll, it. Be, he'll be ready to go. Listen, listen. Money after dark would be a hit. What? Money after dark. <laughs> we'll put Facebook down. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you guys so much. So what's give? What's what's one? Uh, the, the what the, what the one thing that I that I would like to leave you guys with is um, to understand your finances first for yourself. As we established very early on in the um, in the live broadcast, if you're not comfortable with this subject for yourself, if you don't know where you're at financially and you don't know um, what how you're looking and how you're scoring in terms of your financial literacy, then yes, when you meet somebody and you're and you're courting and you're dating, you're going to be that less likely to be open and honest about it. So the the takeaway for me would be understand it for yourself first. Make yourself a master of your finances first. What about you, honey? Uh, that's a good one. My takeaway would be to um, increase in knowledge, right? There's, there's no reason why you can't read more. There's no reason why you can't read different types of books or watch certain types of shows or documentaries. Yeah. There's a lot of knowledge out there, and I think... Um, you know, we die for the lack of knowledge. That's you know, right. and it's not—it's not—it's not a physical death. It's just that generations, um, poverty is still in your family. Right. And for right, some communities, right. they have policies set up when two people die in that family, the next batch is millionaires, and then they have policies, and then so it's a generation of just millionaires. And then we look back, and it's like, oh, uh, they got money, and we don't got money, and da da da. It's like, no, we're not—we're not making the choices today to affect our generations to yeah. come. We have kids, and we we say we love them. But if someone was to happen to us today, what would happen to them? Who would be taking care of them? Yeah, they would have They'll be, be at the behest of, the of, the, of, of, someone else. of a stranger or the government. Yeah. Right? It's like we got to be just honest as people um, about ourselves. And yeah. so just increasing knowledge. It's yeah. a growing thing. It's un- I haven't gotten any, um, you know, pat on the back. Like I've reached some level of like it's, it's, You just always learn something Continuously new. Continuously growing in Continu- knowledge. And you, could ask, you could ask my wife. I'm like, Tch. Always reading, Books, always reading, watching, like, yeah, just, always coming in a room with a new uh, documentary on YouTube or Netflix, and I'm just like, oh, boy. But there's so much to learn. You, you learn a lot through these documentaries. You see the mistakes people make. You see the, the ways people go down the wrong path, and so you know what not to do as you journey out. Yeah, watch the um, the documentary Broke, if you've never seen that. It's on oh, YouTube. Oh, that was good, babe. That's with all the NBA stars. All and the athletes. Yeah, all the yeah. athletes, all the Football, millionaires. Football, baseball, everybody. It showed you how they lost millions. Because sometimes we can't figure out how we lose now 60K. But watch these guys <laughs> who had like $400 million. I'm like, where that $20 <laughs> that I just broke with? $400 million dollars over the course of their careers. Yeah. And they, they and like, have nothing to show for And they're in tears, it. man. That stuff is hurtful. Yeah. It was it was really, Ugh. it's actually really, really good. It's really good. Because we all think that um, if we can just, just get, get X exactly. amount of that, you fill in the blank no. for yourself. If we just got, you know what I would do with that kind of money? And I would never be the same if I got that kind of money. And it's like, yeah, but when you don't know how to manage money and manage your behavior, then it doesn't matter how much money you get your hands on, you will blow that money and not be able to even account for where the money went. So it is a pretty good documentary. Yeah. All right, baby. That's a good takeaway. Yeah. All right, guys. We love you. We will be back in touch with you um, next Monday at 2 p.m. live from the Throne Room Thoughts Facebook page. Until next time, be bold, be powerful, and be victorious. 
stay connected at throneroomthoughts at gmail.com.